Eagles. Uh, it's it's really uh, a fantastic thing to see. And I saw something early in the week where seven weeks into the season and the Cincinnati Bengals are the number one seed in the AFC. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and again, like I said, we both liked them getting six and a half points last week. Uh, they took care of business, uh, taking care of a team, like I said, that had done such a great job against the Los Angeles Chargers. A very, very impressive effort. Uh, no question about it by the by the, by the the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, a team to be reckoned with. And, and Wiz, on the other hand, the Raiders are in first place at five and two in the AFC West. Despite the controversy that we saw with John Gruden, Derek Carr has kept the leadership of this team. They did it without Darren Waller this week. And, you know, in that game, Jacobs got hurt, but, and then they go into the bye week the Raiders are five and two going into this week. And it's a, you know, we were not sure how the team was going to respond, but so far so good. The Raiders have responded to uh, you know everything that's happened to them with the controversy surrounding John Gruden, and, and it's really good to see that the football team has been able to keep its concentration on the field despite what's happened off the field. Yeah, an impressive win, and it's one thing to have an impressive win. It's another thing to have an impressive win without your best offensive player playing in the game. And uh, you know, Waller missed the game and probably just wanted to do that because they had a they have a bye week coming up, give him an extra week of rest, but. The Raiders' offense have it going on in a big way, that's for sure. And uh, the one thing about them is their defense isn't great, but their pass rush is good. And if they get on top of you, that defense becomes a lot better because the one thing they can do is get after the passer. And uh, so that's another team to keep your eye on. Uh, If that offense keeps rolling, um, their defense can play well with a lead, that's for sure. And, and Wiz, we're also getting into the season now where weather is starting to become an impact. We saw that in that rainy conditions in, in San Francisco versus, uh, versus the Colts on Sunday night. Uh, we saw it again on Monday with the rain and, and, and the coldest weather in, in Seattle. You know, something to keep in mind. You know, we like to talk about it, but as the season kind of rolls on here, as we move through the fall and, and into kind of wintry like weather that we're going to start to see in certain locales, um, it, it is an impact and, uh, from a fantasy perspective and, and something that owner, owners, owners do need to pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah, and the weather and cold and it starts getting windy and uh, yeah, the weather looked like it was going to be impossible to move the ball in that Eagles 40, in the uh, 49ers game against the Colts, but uh, it ended up being a high scoring game with, uh, with actually Wentz being able to throw the ball in that weather and uh, that was certainly a, a wild game and uh, Absolutely. As the weather starts getting colder, um, especially the teams playing in the uh, Northeast, you have to look at those type of conditions for kickers, quarterbacks, and defense special teams as well. All right, and uh, my my last thought on week uh, on week number seven, Wiz, is you know a team that I thought had a chance of making the playoffs. They've really regressed. Uh, well, there are two teams that have regressed significantly in 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 in, in, a, in a fast amount of time. So both the Broncos and the Carolina Panthers started the season off three and zero. Both have lost four games in a row. They're three and four. You got a situation where it looked like Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to be able to play in the second half in that game, but it just shows you how much they really don't want to play uh, Drew Locke. Uh, on the flip side, you get P.J. Walker into that game in the fourth quarter um, for the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold has a terrible game. You still got all this talk about uh, Deshaun Watson in the background, though it seems like the Carolina Panthers aren't aren't part of that uh, race, at least at the, uh, for the time being. So 
Yeah, two teams that definitely are going the wrong way. Certainly McCaffrey could be used uh, back in Carolina, but it's not been pretty for both of those teams, which started the year 3-0. and uh, The fan base was very excited, and right now that is not the case for either franchise right now. You know, it's interesting. You know, you look at it and you think that there are four teams that really could use themselves an elite quarterback um, that you just want to see their offense, what it looks like with an elite quarterback. You know, Carolina – the Saints, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. So you got four teams. And now you have three quarterbacks who figure are not going to be where they are right now next year. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. In like musical chairs, three guys for four spots, one team is going to be left probably without a partner. We'll see how this goes. But some of these things make all the sense in the world to me, kind of like – Aaron Rodgers to Denver to Sean Watson to Miami and Russell Wilson teaming up with Sean Payton uh, to engineer that Saints offense because their defense looks pretty good, but I just don't like what it looks like with Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. I know you know they don't have Mike Thomas, but I just don't like the way it looks. And uh, the, the ironic thing is, out of all the teams, the team that is willing to pay a king's ransom is the Carolina Panthers. Can they get a partner – of one of those guys to end up on their team next year. It is going to be very interesting and probably the prominent discussion of the offseason. Yeah, great points. I, I find your, you know, look, the intrigue around Denver, you've been on that for at least I got 18 months or so. Uh, you've been on that train. Uh, the fact that his uh, fiance is in California uh, makes it a very enticing to be on the West Coast. It's a great fit. There's a lot of offensive weapons there. Uh, so certainly makes a lot of sense. The New Orleans uh, Russell Wilson train, uh, they just made a trade to get Mark Ingram back uh, to give a little bit of a break to, uh, to Alvin Kamara, who's basically handled almost all of the touches the last two weeks. I'm not particularly concerned as an Alva Kamara owner, but I think something that was necessary because you don't want a player like Kamara to break down. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think a very, very noteworthy uh, points that you bring up on all those quarterbacks and particularly on those four football teams. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And uh, very interesting. The trade deadline is Tuesday. So we'll see what happens, if anything, with Deshaun Watson or uh, anyone else, and we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm sure some players are probably going to be moved. The, the one player that I can think of right off the bat that I just think makes sense is like a player like Marlon Mack, where some teams are very depleted at running back, and the Colts have kind of like phased him out and giving him a couple of carries a game just to kind of like showcase the teams that, yeah, he could still run, but there's no room. We have one of the top five running backs in the National Football League in Jonathan Taylor, and we got a complimentary guy in Naheem Hines, and we have Jordan Wilkins in case one of those guys got hurt, and Marlon Mack makes sense to be moved. I'm just not sure where. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So, yeah, something that we definitely would be paying attention to. So, so Wiz, this week only two teams have bye weeks, and that's the Ravens and the Raiders. Uh, so a couple of key players will be taken out there, but we are dealing with all the injuries. So so let's kind of get into the wave of wire here, too, and especially if you're in thinner roster leagues. Remember, there's, te- there's six teams coming off byes. 
teams may have dropped some very good players from those teams. So I think that's something to uh, keep in mind. But uh, you know, what what are you looking at, Wiz, in terms of pickups? Let's let's start at the QB position. Uh, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence, who may have may have been dropped, uh, he goes into uh, Seattle this week. Uh, Carson Wentz has definitely been playing pretty well. Uh, you know, are there players that you're looking at? I'm curious. I, it looks like most of the leagues that I'm in, Deshaun Watson is not available. He's been picked up. I know you've picked him up in in a league or two. So what are you thinking in terms of waiver wire at the QB position? I like Tua. Uh, it, it looks more unlikely than likely that Deshaun Watson is going to get traded to the Dolphins, at least this or the next. You know, he's going to be playing within a week or two. And I think Tua has some juicy matchups coming up. Um, assuming that they could get some other weapons and they're more than like a two-man show than Gusecki and Jalen Waddle, uh, and they could get Devontae Parker, I, I really don't know what's going on with Will Fuller. I, I just think that ends, ends up badly in some shape or you know, form. Uh, so I think Tua, out of the guys that are probably most likely available, uh, is somebody that you know should be picked up. You know, one other player was that we thought was playing quite well to start the season, and I don't know, he may be back as soon as this week. Is Tyrod Taylor? I think that's a player that you know, given the situation, uh, could definitely provide some help through these bye weeks as as a backup quarterback. Uh, would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that, and. Boy, Brandon Cook sounds like he wants to quit football. He's so disgusted at what's going on, the stuff he's reading, and he desperately needs Tyrod Taylor to come back. Those guys had it going on the first couple of weeks. And uh, Tyrod Taylor is one of these guys. He's an underrated fantasy football quarterback. So completely agree um, if Tua or Tyrod Taylor are available in your league and you kind of need a backup for the, sec- for, the, for the rest of the season or a guy to flex – uh, in a super flex league or a guy that's start in a streaming type situation, those are your two guys. All right, so let, let's go to running back, Wiz. And, uh, you know, so I don't think Khalil Herbert at this point in time should be on a waiver wire. If he happens to be on a waiver wire, he proved last week that he is definitely the backup to uh, Montgomery at the moment. Damian Williams came back, hardly touched the football. So I'll just mention him to kind of start off. To me, it looks like Brandon Bolden has completely taken over the James White role in New England. So that's something that's noteworthy. We know Miles Sanders went down in that last game. I would guess a split between Gainwell and Scott and maybe goal line touches for that big slug uh, Jordan Howard but so I, I wouldn't be going there but I think Gainwell's to me the players that I would want to own if he's available uh, uh, Malcolm Brown being gone for the year now for the Dolphins I think that solidifies Salvin Ahmed being the number two running back in uh, Miami and at times he's looked very good when he's gotten an opportunity and I guess the last thing I touched upon Mark Ingram being traded back to uh, the New Orleans Saints does David Johnson or Philip Lindsay take the helm in Houston or do you see that as being a completely split situation the latter I just feel like that's just going to be an ugly situation. I saw Rex Burkhead got on the field, had some snaps. I wouldn't be so shocked if that continued a little bit. To me, if you're coming up to your moves and you need, you know, to to plant your flag in the ground on a guy that you feel this week, you know, you're in a crucial situation. It's Kenneth Gainwell. Um, 
I, I just feel like Miles Sanders is unlikely to play with that ankle. It could be a multi-week injury, and they're playing the Lions this week, and he can catch the ball. He's good out of the backfield. You know, I'm not, I think they would leave him in the goal line. I know he had some goal line carries. I know Boston Scott ended up getting one touchdown. But to me, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I just feel, is the guy who is an electrifying-type player, can bring you a different type of dimension than Miles Sanders. And um, in that matchup against the Lions, uh, along with the fact that Miles Sanders may be looking at a multi-week injury, I think Kenneth Gainwell is clearly at the top of the list. And people in leagues that desperately need a win or in leagues where there's nothing available, um, that's your guy for this week. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And uh, let's move over to the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, we're dealing with the Devontae Adams situation. Looks like Valdez Scantling is not going to be activated. So kind of curious your thoughts on Randall Cobb versus Equanimous St. Brown versus perhaps Amari Rogers there. We know the giant receiver situation is still a mess. Uh, if Slayton is available, he was their lead receiver last week, although it does look like Sterling Shepard is going to play this week. A guy that I've picked up in a couple of leagues, I stupidly dropped him in, in one of the leagues as well because I needed help on, on Sunday. I thought Tyler Johnson would come through for me, but Jamal Agnew has my attention in Jacksonville. Uh, he looks like a guy that they're looking to get going as far as a playmaker in that offense. Uh, Michael Gallup is returning from IR, so a player that's probably been dropped in some leagues. Khalif Raymond, couple of weeks in a row that he's played well for the Detroit Lions woeful offense and we talked about this player Rashad Bateman should not be available on any waiver wires at this point in time he's had two decent games in a row I see his role only increasing as we come out of the bye week those are players on my mind at wide receiver was anybody else that you have in addition or any comments to, to what I already articulated I love Rashad Bateman. I mean, I, he just has all the looks of, of one of these guys that is going to be the best player, wide receiver on the Ravens in a matter of a short period of time. He just has the look. I figured he'd get better with his second week, and he did. Um, you know, they, they, they just couldn't get him the ball as much as they wanted to in that game. But, you know, 80 yards receiving, uh, I really like him a lot. Yeah, Raymond is another guy that just played week in, week out, and the game script usually has the Lions playing from behind where he gets a decent amount of volume. Uh, Michael Gallup certainly is a guy that is going to become a factor at some point later in the year. So, with you know, with him with injuries, as far as the Packers, they're depleted, but I just don't trust any of those guys uh, going into the game tonight. I just feel like, you know, you could see, see the running backs catch a lot of passes. You could see both tight ends catch some passes. may spread the ball around. I mean, you know, I know he has the most familiarity with Cobb, but I just don't love it in this type of um, – in this type of situation, but all the names you mentioned are certainly guys that, um, you know, I think, uh, including Agnew that, uh, you know, they certainly need to be, uh, looked at if you're in a situation where you really need someone for this week. All right. Fantastic. Now you and I was in a situation where we, we needed a tight end this week in the league that we're partners with. We went in one direction. Uh, we picked up Robert Tanyan, uh, Timing of that looks pretty good, at least for this week. Um, another guy that we talked about that I think, uh, you know, certainly made 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 the case that he's going to be more a uh, viable part of this offense, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster going down, is, is Framuth in, in, in Pittsburgh. 
Is there is there something that if if Ingram Evan Ingram is on on a wave of wire, him potentially getting traded before the deadline is that something that intrigues you? And the other guys I would mention is Mo Ali Cox, who seems to get his nose in the end zone every single week, and, and maybe Dan Arnold, who may have been cut last week as a result of uh, of him being off last week as a player that potentially could be picked up this week. And as the revolving door and tight end is really going on in a lot of leagues that I'm in. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've been talking about Molly Cox, and he seems to get in there. He had a touchdown um, in that monsoon against against the uh, 49ers uh, on Sunday night. Uh, all of the guys, and I'm going to add a guy in there as well that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I'm pretty okay at tight end in most of these leagues, but for somebody that really needs, like, uh, take a flyer on someone. This could be a good DraftKings type player. I'll probably introduce this uh, when we do the, the weekend DraftKings. But Durham Smythe of the Dolphins is really becoming more and more part of their offensive game plan for the Dolphins. And with the injuries to Fuller, the injuries to Devontae Parker, they're playing more 12 personnel. And Durham Smythe... Um, is just somebody that's that's that that seems to have uh, to his eye and to as um, a certain level of comfort throwing to ball to him and and um, and I think that's a player that you know I know that Kasiki is the lead guy there and most people uh, would focus on him but I'm keeping an eye on Durham Smythe as a real dark horse guy for the Miami Dolphins. I like that one, Wiz. I like that one. Yeah, he's looked good, and they've, they've, you know, the tight ends have been a very active part of the game plan for the Miami Dolphins over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, very insightful there. So, all right, so that's going to wrap up Wave of Wires, and let's get into DraftKings for the Thursday night game. I think there's a lot of intriguing guys uh, that you at, at ver- relatively low price points that could be used this week, Wiz, especially with the injuries, and depending on your outlook on how this kind of game flows. Uh, you know, you have the two, arguably the two best teams in the NFC going toe-to-toe here. Uh, the Ram fans may di- disagree with that, but the undefeated Arizona Cardinals against the 6-1 and one, uh, Green Bay Packers. Well, unfortunately, the Packers are without their best offensive weapon in Devontae Adams. So how do you kind of see this playing out game plan-wise? Are there, are, there, are there certain guys you're going to lean to? You know, if you're looking for a captain for this week, is there a sneaky pick that you have? Let's hear what you have to say about DraftKings for tonight's game. I'm an, I have a sneaky pick. I have one guy that I'm going to play and make my captain in a showdown game on DraftKings tonight. You know, these Monday to Thursday games, I just think uh, at this point in the year, with seven weeks in, it becomes a little bit more difficult for the veteran-type players. And Rondell Moore has been quiet. He's a rookie with live legs and can do a different, a lot of different type of things. I could just see this be the type of game where a handful of plays break down and Rondell Moore makes some big plays in the passing game. So Rondell Moore is going to be my standout sleeper captain on DraftKings tonight. And if you make him your captain, um, let me see what his uh, price is on DraftKings. I mean, his price is $7,200 if you make him your captain. I'm going to do that, and that's going to give me salary leverage and allow me to play a lot of the, you know, the both quarterbacks and and that type of thing. So I'm going to make Rondell Moore my captain in the hopes that there are a handful of plays that break down, and that's his specialty, and the guy that I think will have the liveliest legs with the short rest. 
Uh, great point. Uh, he is in my prop bet, so I'll go into that uh, when we when we talk about that. Uh, for me, Wiz, I'm going to be kind of going this, you know, kind of the more obvious route with no Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm intrigued by what Randall Cobb does this week. Uh, I'm also intrigued, uh, again, Amari Rogers, who's basically caused zero in this. Uh, is there a chance, especially with no Valdez Scantling playing, is there a chance that he kind of shocks the world and kind of makes a name for himself in a game like this? I'd be willing to take a, a chance on a guy like uh, Amari Rogers this week as well, Wiz. I'm 100% with you on Amari Rogers. Uh, Randall Cobb, not for me. Now, he may just get enough volume and the familiarity. It may offset everything I'm about to say, but I just feel like he's one of these guys at this stage in his career that has to do things and play off of Devontae Adams. And with Adams out being there and Cobb being the, one of the main guys that they're going to focus on, I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach with Randall Cobb. But Amari Rogers from Clemson is a guy that I really like. He hasn't gotten his opportunity, and I think this could be his day. And similar to Rondell Moore, they're similar type players. I'm going to have both of those players sprinkled in every single one of my lineups. So I'm with you on Amari Rogers uh, completely. Okay, good to hear. Good to hear, good to hear, good to hear. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's interesting, Wiz. I think I read where the Green Bay Packers are six and zero without. Uh, so it's going to lead me to the game game lines for this, for this week. Uh, so the Green Bay Packers are six and zero without Devontae Adams, and here they are. It's a six, last I looked, it was a six and a half point spread. The the Green Bay Packers were the underdogs as they visit uh, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, the over under fifty one. Uh, so given the fact that I mentioned that this has been the the case, uh, Wiz, is that something that you want to bet with or against? Um, would you, do you have a strong view on this one either way? Or? I am I am not touching the game line either way, uh, over under or 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 the game line itself at six and a half. I'm out of uh, play for this particular game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to I'm going to take the point, and I don't love it up for the obvious reasons. That said, uh, Green Bay is six and zero. Oh, you know, without Devontae Adams. Uh, I just think it gives Aaron Rodgers like something extra um, motivation to prove something. The problem is they're six and zero with Devontae Adams, but none of those games are without Devontae Adams, and then the second best receiver. So that's why it's really a very very light view. But if I'm playing the game, I'm going to take the Packers with six and a half. Would I be surprised if Arizona blitzkrieg them tonight? Absolutely not. But as far as the standpoint from the game, if someone said here, yeah, whatever, just play the game. Which one you picking? I'm gonna take. I'm going to take Green Bay with the points. I think the the line is a little bit too inflated. Okay, very good. Very, very good. Um, all right, so let's go to prop bets. You know, it is interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, was that Devontae Adams, sorry, uh, DeAndre Hopkins this year, only one time has gone over 80 yards this year. And then, granted, there's a lot of weapons in this offense. Uh, I saw where his over-under in yardage is in the, six, I think, low 60s, 60 and a half or something like that. And he's coming into this game a little bit banged up. Uh, I have two prop bets, Wiz, that I'm looking at. Uh, do you have any prop bets as well? Yeah, I'm looking at them now. So why don't you, uh, why don't you go first and tell me what you're, 
what your views on this are. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the young legs, Wiz. So both are rushing bets, and both are on the Arizona Cardinals side. Um, I think I'm surprised that I'm actually saying that because I would have been intrigued. I am intrigued by by the line on on Aaron uh, Aaron Jones, which is 64 and a half yards. But I look at I look at I look at the yards for Rondell Moore. And it's kind of the same situation where I, I did do a bet in the Monday night game uh, where I saw Adam Troutman, 10 and a half yards receiving for that game. I ended up taking the over. He got one one catch for 13 yards on, on the first drive, and that was the end of that bet because uh, he was on the field in, in, for a significant amount of that game. But I look at the Rondell Moore res- rushing yards. You talk about the legs. It's five and a half yards. I can see him rushing the ball a couple of times in this game. All you need is one to be successful. So like the over, Rondell Moore, five and a half yards. And I'll tell you what, Chase Edmonds, he's the younger guy of the two running backs. His legs have looked very fresh running the ball. He's actually been more effective as a runner than a pass catcher. And the yardage for him this week is 46 and a half. I'm taking the over, Chase Edmonds, 46 and a half yards. I'm taking the over, Rondell Moore, five and a half yards. Yeah, you know, the more thing, you know, can be won in a few ways uh, with the with the rushing. You know, I could throw him one of those uh, passes like behind the line of scrimmage and let him take off. I've seen them do that before. So I don't mind that one as all at all. I, I'd be, uh, you know, I'd more apt to go with Rondell Moore with receiving yards over uh, at 32 and a half. But I, I certainly understand your point. But in any event, I don't have – uh, a strong play on this. Another one that I would consider maybe would be A.J. Dillon over rushing 34.5 because I just feel this is going to be the type of game that they can use Aaron Jones for in the passing game and a little ground and pound with A.J. Dillon. So the ones that I would play would be A.J. Dillon over 34.5 yards rushing and Rondell Moore over 32.5 yards receiving. Yeah, and what's your thoughts with, you know, kind of integrating? We know Max Williams was kind of a, a viable part, part, part of this offense before he went down with a season ending injury. You bring in Zach Ertz last week, he scores a touchdown. Uh, you know, obviously, he's got to be brought along on the playbook. Uh, is this a player that you could see being a consistent factor week in and week out? And is that kind of diminished? Is there, is there an argument that this kind of role that uh, DeAndre Hopkins, this diminished role that he's been playing so far this year, will continue through the season when you add another weapon like Zach Ertz? Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I agree completely. I agree completely with the whole of that. You know, I think uh, it could be one of those situations for sure. All right. Very good. All right. Well, that's all I have, Wiz. Anything else uh, you wanted to add before we head out of here and get ready for week eight of the NFL season? No, that's it. I appreciate it. All right, Wiz. Very well done. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing. Listen to those plays. And uh, I wish everybody luck this week. We'll come back later in the week with our recap or our preview for the entire slate of games on Sunday and Monday. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.